Shame cannot survive being spoken. It cannot survive empathy. Welcome to Heal, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Heal. Today, I am sitting with Tara Harbert, who is a self-love and empowerment coach. I love self-love and empowerment coach title. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm good. It's a chilly day here in Sacramento, California, as chilly as it can get for the California area. Yeah, I was like, oh, please. Please let me tell no, you how cold I, it is here. I lived, trust me, I understand. I lived in the South End for three years. And like, I lived in an apartment building. We didn't have to shovel our own snow. It was great. I didn't have to, you know, be subjected to the horrificness that you yeah. probably have to it's be. It's pretty cold. To. It was frosty this morning. I had to defrost my car. I think oh, that was no. the first time in a while, I think, that yeah. I had to defrost the car. I don't and miss all those the days. grass was white. And I'm like, oh no, it's happening. <laughs> it, it is here. Winter is coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I leave my house a little bit colder on the cold side. And oh. I just turn the heat up to 64. <laughs> you are a wild woman. <laughs> but I'm I'm definitely frozen. So I'm sorry it's oh. cold there in Sacramento. Oh no, don't apologize. I'm I'm one of those weirdos where I would like when I was living in Boston, people would be like, what do you mean you like it here? Like, what do you mean you moved here from California? What is wrong with you? And I'm like, but it's, it's seasonal. You get seasons here in California, but in Northern California, in all honesty, we do get some pretty cold weather. Like we are, we are in the twenties sometimes and it can get, you know, snowy and chilly and frosty and icy. So. Well, we definitely have been shifting away from four seasons here in New England. I feel like. I know. I just had this conversation with someone. We go from summer to winter. Like it's so weird. Extended summer. And then it's bam, cold. Yay. Global warming. Hooray. (laughs) (laughs) And it's those cold days. People are like, oh, and, and global warming is a thing. I'm like, yeah, but did you not realize that there was no fall or spring? I know. It is a thing. Anyway, it's horrible. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try not to get political. Here we go. Okay, here we go. <laughs> the tender-hearted healer. Well, just... but but at the same time, you know, not that I do get political, but what I do like to teach on the kind of the fundamental teachings of my practice is smashing the patriarchy, like helping women and not just women, everyone kind of debunk the crap that they've kind of um, brought into their lives or mm-hmm. uh, put as their personal identity. That is right. actually not their identity. It's societal. It's a generational. It's religious trauma. It's all those traumas that we right. put into ourselves. Like, oh, as a woman, I should be dot, dot, dot. Or as, oh, as a man, I should be dot, 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 and and smashing those things and and restructuring what it is that we actually want to be. So it's not political. It's more social. It's more societal. Societal. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. We can get as political as you want. I don't care. I have a feeling we probably both lean the same way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So again, thanks for coming on. (laughs) What a start. What an opening. Global warming. Okay. Um, <laughs> Love yourself. Yay. Okay. We're over. Bye. Uh, so, you know, I say this almost to every guest because I was a kindergarten teacher for a long time. 
And um, so <laughs> this is how I usually open up my podcast. I, I know when you were five years old in kindergarten and your teacher said, what do you want to be when you grow up? You didn't say, I want to be an empowerment coach. But maybe at some level at five, you knew yourself. You know, that's a really interesting um yeah, you're right. I, as a five-year-old, it was more like, I want to be an artist. I wanted to be a painter so bad. Oh, I have sirens coming by. Let me mute myself for just a oh, second. Oh, that's okay. Don't worry about the sirens. You just keep okay. going. It's life. I'm on a, ma I'm on a ma yeah, major street in Sacramento. And we have oh, I hear it. This sounds like my kindergarten classroom. We were right oh my God. <laughs> We were right downtown near the fire department, and we got sirens constantly. Talk about desensitizing a five-year-old. Like, oh, oh constant honestly. bombarding. Yeah, well, that you're right. That is city living. That is what we're subjected to. But yeah, as a five-year-old, you're right. I wasn't like, oh, I want to help the world. I wanted to be an artist. And I come from a very artistic background. Like I, what, what I was doing before this, my my past life, and still, I guess, part of my current life is I, I'm a theater person. I've done oh. theater most of my life. I've done voice acting. I've done commercials, cartoons, all that jazz. And so I am a very artistic person at heart. But one of my, the things that I've had to really kind of push through and I'm still working through is the notion that I can't be anything other than a nine to five employee at an office job. That was never my thing. So I knew as a kid, like, oh, I like things that are maybe a little bit different, but aren't you this lucky is to have that head start of like, oh my God, right? I, I yeah, feel like, but you know, we're just like my... in the thing and we're just doing, doing the thing. Oh, and I, I trust me, I got in the thing. I was doing yeah. the thing for lots of years. And, and my dad was doing the thing. He was very successful at his job. And so I saw that and, and said, oh, that's how success is supposed to be. That what That's what success is. And I think a child, many children of the 80s or the 70s, even the 60s can understand that. Like that's what mm -hmm. we just were brought into. So as mm -hmm. a five-year-old, no, I didn't know that I wanted to help people, <laughs> but it didn't evolve into really until about like, gosh, I opened my practice over two years ago, but I knew going down this path when I started really working on myself, I was like, there's something else to this. I don't yep. know what that looks like. Yep. And that was back in like 2013 that I really began that, that journey. Yeah. I was like, there's something else here, but I always had people say like, man, you'd be such a good, um, social worker. You'd be such a good director. You'd be such a good, you know, everyone saw this leadership quality within me, but I didn't see it for myself and was like, Interesting. no. No. Yeah, I was like, I want was it. Was it because you I don't want, want to lead people or was it because you were like, no, I don't feel that way. I don't feel Both. like a leader. Both. Both. But now I love leading people, but it's leading in a collaborative way. I always tell my clients, I'm like, this process is not me just teaching you. This is a, no. this is a collaborative process. Right. Like you need to show up and bring stuff to the table too. Like, it's not me just trying to fix you. It's you showing up for yourself and we need to, yeah. like, well, that's I, the I, only way that we can do it yeah. is if we, we sometimes just needs a guide or, a, you know, a support. Yeah. I break That's out all. the notes and I write notes and we, we workshop stuff. I call it workshopping. We're doing workshops yeah, <laughs> to try to try to problem solve. So it's a very collaborative process. And I really stand by that now. And that's where, you know, teaching has really made me acknowledge and recognize like, oh, I'm, I'm good at this. Like, this is what I've always been meant to do. I, I see now what other people saw in me that I couldn't see for myself. I want to know how you got to that point. 
So <laughs> what happened was <laughs> back in 2013, I'll never forget. It. I was actually thinking about it right before this too. I, I, it was such a clear defined moment. I was in a relationship. I had been in an abusive relationship um, years prior. And then I was in a relationship in 2013 that was uh, mirroring some traits about that past abusive relationship. And were you aware um, enough to notice that? Or was it after the fact that you realized it, that? Like, and it you was can kind answer of, that gradually if you want, but I'm just curious. Yeah. yeah, it was kind of after the fact. So there was a there was a moment where my, my ex and I were sitting, we were at a park, we were reading, we had a picnic. I was reading Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. And she was talking about vulnerability. And that was my grand awakening. I had never considered what it was to actually be truly vulnerable or what it was to actually like have the sense of vulnerability, even though from the get-go, I've always been called my mom's tender pink little angel from heaven. Like I've always been called tender hearted. I've always been identified as being sensitive, but those yeah. were things and qualities that I really hated about myself. But you know, it's I've funny always, because we were yeah. never taught that being tender and sensitive was a good thing. Oh. We were always taught that it was weak. So Abs absolutely. And I'll be damned if you identify me as tender. I'm going to be strong. I, I used to, my friends used to call me sassy pants. I was like, yeah. I'm sassy. I'm strong. Don't I have a friend who, oh my God. Okay. I've got a friend who keeps saying, I'm going to get the word sassy tattooed on my ass. I'm like, no, you're not. No. I, she th I think she thinks she's funny. And I'm like, you're not getting sassy on your ass. No, she goes, it means sassy ass. I'm like, listen, everyone knows what it means. <laughs> not funny. Don't do it. <laughs> okay. It's kind of funny, but just a little funny. I mean, if she did that, I would laugh. And if she, she showed me, I would, I would find no, She's the last person on this earth that I think would ever do it. I would do it first. Mm -hmm. Um, well, no, it's isn't that funny. interesting you just reminded though, because, me of that. Yeah, we we choose these things to like latch onto, and that was my identity that I latched onto. I am sassy. I'm independent. I am strong. Don't misconstrue me as being you know tender. I don't want to know none of that. And so here I built this box around me without even understanding that I built this box around me for my emotions to keep them all contained, smush yep. them down, suppress, suffocate. Mm -hmm. That was my thing. Don't and emote. so even though even though it was funny, I mean I'm still very much the sensitive, tender person, but like you know, I, I fought really hard to not emote. You're right. And so I, we were, I was on this picnic with my ex. I was reading this part of Brene Brown. And I just, I mean, I like looked up and went like, oh, what am I doing here? What am I doing with him? What am I doing with myself? What am I doing Shit, with Brene life? Brown did that to you? Yes, she did. That, that book she, did that to you? She saved my life. You know, there's that she, TikTok she, that says she, like. She intrigued you to dare bigger, like to do something bigger. Yeah. to actually think and think for myself and be, and to create like, um, awareness about myself. And that's where the moment where I started to discover what it was to have self-esteem and courage, even though I've always had courage, like I managed to leave my ex who was abusive. I managed to, you know, to travel to Boston on my own. I managed to do all these things on my own and have the courage to do them. I just didn't ever feel that I was courageous. And so I eventually got out of that relationship. And really that's where my quest began. I started reading Brene Brown. I started watching Oprah Super Soul Sunday. I started listening to all these leaders in different, you know, the Catholic church, the, uh, you know, I, Buddhist, um, anyone that had some kind of insight, I was like, just soaking shit in. Yeah. I became a sponge for you literally were, everything for around you. me. It was time. It oh, was, I was the grand, it was the grand awakening. Yeah. It was really the grand awakening. And I, I really attribute that towards that, that book. Um, 
it, it changed everything for me. And so now I've been on this journey since about 2013 of discovering who I am, discovering my self-esteem, discovering, you know, my ability to be a leader, the thing that people saw within me that I can see for myself. Yeah. And about 2019, I had a life coach. I've always been in therapy. I've always been a you know, huge advocate for therapy. I'm like, please, everyone go to therapy. But it was, it was to the point where it was like, not really like doing its thing anymore. I was like, I feel like I've reached this peak. I need something else spiritually. I don't know what that looks like. I'm not religious. So I was like, I just, I need something else. And I met this woman who changed another person who changed my life. And she <laughs> said, you know, here's this program that I went through this healing practitioner program that I went through. I think you'd be an excellent candidate for it. And I was like, no, maybe and so did you ever see yourself as a healer or just sensitive no, and no okay. never never I really didn't so what but was the program I didn't have the but that's the other thing I didn't see it because again I didn't have the self-esteem to believe yeah. that I was I was capable I agree so it I, was, mean, um, I don't agree I mean I understand that yeah. I completely relate to that yeah. Yeah. So it was a healing practitioner course through a, a woman here in Sacramento who is very well known. Her name is Araya and she's this magical, mystical human. And just it being in her presence, you're like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta let down my shit. I gotta let it go. I gotta let it go. <laughs> she knows and so everything. I signed, <laughs> yeah, I signed up. It was a six month intensive. I mean, we were spending like gosh, like 10 hours a week, if that maybe more like on top of our full-time jobs, on top of our, all of our stuff that we had yeah. and spending that. And then our time outside of class that wasn't even involved with class. And it was just intense. And then, um, February, uh, 2020, I graduated. I got out. I thought the life is life is my oyster. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do something. And then of course shit hit the fan with I'm everyone. doing nothing. So what you and did I was have... integrate it all, live with it all, figure it oh, all yeah. out. Yeah. yeah, something like that. I had a massive, um, I don't call them breakdowns. I call them breakthroughs. Absolutely. I, I, my, my soul was broken down in a way that helped me evolve. And I went, oh, this is my time to actually like be a leader. I get it. And so I had this massive awakening for myself. I started to understand, okay, being tender is not a failure. It's my superpower. It's my gift. I was given this thing to kind of be this light, this beacon for myself, but also through other people. And what I started doing for myself during that time was just sharing shit. Yeah. I mean, just sharing. I feel like this. I'm facing this. Yeah, I hate so this. Vulnerably I blah, 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 blah. Share, sharing how you're feeling. So people know like, yeah. Yeah. I shared to do about it too. I shared about my panic attack and people came forward and they're like, oh my God, I have panic attacks all the time. And I don't tell people. And it's like, wait a minute, why are we all silently suffering? Why are we all keeping this massive secret inside about our mental health, about the things that we're facing? What is wrong with this? It's nothing wrong. It's a human experience. And identifying that really released, I'm talking like truckloads of shame. I just, it went right out of me and yeah. sharing the stuff and having conversations. I realized everyone just wants some kind of connection and a, the ability to be seen that yep. their dark shit is not the end of the world, that they're not no. wrong. And then guess what? Everyone else has some dark shit. We all have dark shit. It, it's there. It's, 
every single day, all of us face it. And I'm, if you say that you don't, I think that you're probably a liar. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's not, you know, and that are not lying, but you're not being truthful with yourself. Yeah. And that's not fully aware of it. You know, you do have to, there is the first mm -hmm. thing is awareness is everything. So becoming aware, and I know mm -hmm. we hear this all the time, awareness is the first step um, or admitting is the first step. Yeah. Awareness yeah. is the first step, you know, knowing that you also may have dark shit mm -hmm. <laughs> and then being brave enough to explore that, you know, go deep. What is it? Yeah. And when yeah. you get to that point of recognizing your own and seeing the humanity in your own, then it doesn't become an issue to see it in other people. You no. can say that's, that's when you know, this also this guard of mine of like, oh, they're that person's over there pissed, but they probably are experiencing grief. They're probably experiencing something else. Doesn't mean that I don't get pissed at people getting pissed, but it is to say that I now, I mean, that's something else I help teach my, or my clients to learn is like looking at people with more humanity. When you can look at yourself with more grace, then that helps you look at the world with more grace. And my biggest platform is like, if we could all just learn to love ourselves a little bit more then this world would actually be a much better place to be. Absolutely. Uh, it would be. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. the, it's that four agreements is one of my favorite books. And I usually give mm -hmm. a lot of my, I, if I have a bunch of free ones, I mean, if I have a bunch on hand, I'll give them away to my clients as well. Oh, I, I try that. to buy them in bulk. It's just my absolute favorite. And it says, don't take anything personally. You know, people have their own, it doesn't mm. say this, but people have their own, their own shit, <laughs> you know, and they're <laughs> reacting from their own experiences, not necessarily what's happening in front of you right then and there. They're mm -hmm. reacting from a past experience and perhaps, um, triggering you know something that's mm -hmm. that's triggering them to react this way and so you can't take anything personally yeah and that's that's where I think this work also helps in terms of like social media and just you know um perfectionism that's one of the things I really like to teach about is perfectionism and people pleasing because we as perfectionists I say we because I'm pointing at myself I am in this category for sure and that's where a lot of my teachings has been has been so successful because I teach from a place of deep understanding I'm like I'm not teaching about this just because I think you're going through this. I'm teaching about it because I've been through it. I'm currently yeah. struggling with it. But yeah. that people-pleasing perfectionistic aspect makes us think like, oh, I have to be perfect like this person when really that other person is just keeping a smile on their face. But meanwhile, they're shutting out the camera and they're probably sobbing about the their lover that they lost or their job that they, you know, quit from. I don't know. Like there's or just, all this. Or just feeling the energy of this fucking world right now. And it's all boils. Yeah. yeah. It all boils down to grief. It all really boils down to grief. And it took, it took me doing this work, but also going through the loss of my dad to understand like, oh, my grief that I'm feeling about my dad is actually the same as her grief because she divorced her husband. Mm -hmm. My grief is the same as his grief because he's, you know, sad that he lost his job. Mm -hmm. It's all collective. And I had something Lost, when my, yeah. when my dad died, somebody said to me, Oh, I, you know, I I'm with you. I'm so sorry about this, but you know, I don't know this grief, how this grief feels, but dot, dot, dot. And I was like, Oh, Oh no. No, my, my bet is you do. I understand you probably don't know losing your, your father, your mother, but my friend, like, no, we all know this grief. It's all yeah. there. Yeah. And so that's part of the, the journey of being a sensitive person is 
I've been told majority of my life, your emotions are too much. You're too much. You're too loud. You're too sensitive. You're too this, blah, 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 blah. The list goes on. And it got to this point where I was like, wait a minute, why am I the problem? What, what if everybody else is the problem, <laughs> right? What if I'm actually in the right about my sensitivity and maybe yeah. this world is actually wrong. Right. And that perspective shift, I call it the zooming out effect where I teach my clients where like, you know, you're, you're narrowed in, you have your blinders on, you can't see shit to the side of you. No. And then you have this thought that like clears the blinders off. You sit back, you lean yeah. into it. And you're like, I can see the bigger picture and everyone is actually way more sensitive than we give ourselves credit. Absolutely. For. Yep. So I am no half of the suffering to... in this world is squashing yeah. down that sensitivity and trying to be that brave front. I think. Okay. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> we're, I mean, end of story. Yeah, we're of the same. We're of the same mindset. I, yeah. I agree with that one hundred percent. And so, learning to just accept that sensitivity and not just accepting it, but loving it, and that's the biggest part of this. Is like. I didn't believe this at first. And I heard um, somebody once say like, you don't change because you hate yourself. You change because you love yourself and you know, you deserve more. And I, I at first I was like, no, that's bullshit. I hated it. And then I really understood like, no, actually that is the, that is the truth. I right. You start putting up myself. your boundaries. You start um, saying no to things that you normally would. People start to kind of wash away and it's like, huh, you know, yeah. all because I put myself first for a moment. Yeah. And yeah. so I, it's, it's taken a long time to get here. And that's one of the things I always like to say is like, it's not, you're not, there's no easy fix. We need to remove the notion that we're just going to like take a pill and things are going to be better. If you want to rush to the end goal, then you're going to, it's going to not, it's not going to work. It's not going to yeah, work. And you really have to get ugly, you know, yeah. in order to truly move forward. You have to become, oh, you know, getting vulnerable. ugly. I yeah. really like that. It's yeah, you're getting your hands dirty, you're rolling up your sleeves. And, you know, I, I'll never forget the moment where like I was in my abusive relationship and I was like, totally like, I just, I just, I thought like, this is what love was. And I thought that this is how being heard was. And this was the, how being, you know, receiving care was. And I just, I had an, a moment, an epiphany, I, it lost because I, you know, I didn't believe at that time I was just still stuck in my stuff, but I was like, I don't think that this is it. I don't think that this is what love is. And then of course, like I kept, you know, going because I didn't have any, um, I didn't have any belief in myself like at all. I did though. It's interesting. I say that, but I, I take that back. I did have belief in myself enough to know like this was not right. I need to leave. Mm -hmm. And then I did, I did, I call it relapsing in the relationship because I relapsed and went back to him. But I eventually I think did that that's see very the other common. Side of that. But I oh, think yeah. that that's very common. Yep. Yeah, because I was wooed in with this false hope again of like, maybe this is how I'll be loved. Maybe I can be loved. When I didn't understand that, it was like, oh no, my friend, like me you need to love yourself. Like you don't even know what it is to love yourself. Yeah. And that hurt, that still hurts. Like I, I don't love the fact that I went through that, but I loved all the shit that I collected from it in terms of my lessons. There's yeah. still a part of me that grieves for the, you know, the 19, 20, 21 year old, and also 26 year old self who thought that that's what love was. That's who I have to say, you're, you're just, you're bringing up a lot of it's so I'm sorry, I'm getting emotional. No, you're oh, no, so much for me because I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm thinking, 
I, I, and I tell people this story a lot. So it's not like I haven't dealt with it, but it's funny how it's coming up now for me. Mm. I would definitely was in a verbally abusive relationship when I was that age. I was 17, Mm -hmm. 16, 18, and for a long time and, and stayed in it because I was never really shown unconditional love in my own family. And I thought, well, this Mm -hmm. must be love. Like they're paying attention. So that's, that's love, you know? So you stay in it and you stay, well, I stayed and stayed. And then it got a a physical once. um, Mm -hmm. And I think that was the, I don't even remember any kind of a click saying you don't deserve this. I just remember Mm -hmm. stopping, like engaging in the relationship. And, um, and, and I, and I know the reason why I was with that person was because they showed some attention (laughs) and that was it, (laughs) you know, like some attention. Oh, okay. You must like me. I like you too. You know? Um, and I, and since then, I know I deserve better. I know I deserve more. I know that I'm worthy of more and I know, and I know, and I know it's just Mm -hmm. that constant. I'm just saying this out loud for people listening, because if you feel like what you said, it's not an easy fix. It's not a quick, quick fix. It's a daily reminder or practice mm-hmm. of saying to yourself, does this align with who I want to be or who I really am? And do I deserve this? Like, is this something that I deserve? I don't deserve it. Then it goes <laughs> like, I, I, I'm worth more Then it goes that it's not, yeah. who you are, but it's a daily practice. I don't know, unless someone can brainwash and- me completely. All that stuff is still there, you know, like the memories of it and the shame of being in it and staying Mm -hmm. for so long. It's there. Yeah. It's still very real. And that's part of where we, and I appreciate you sharing that because I think that's so important for people to hear this, like, and to see this is where you and I started from, and this is where we are now. And look at what you're doing. You're, you're conveying, you, you know, different healers, different perspectives to the world. Right. We're, we're helping advocate for, for change. And that's, yeah. I mean, let it go. Cry it out. Like, <laughs> oh, the people who know me know that I, I can cry at the drop of a hat. Yeah. Hat. I'm good. Um, I'm okay. This, now. <laughs> yeah. This is a safe space to do that. Oh, and, absolutely. And, yeah. And it's, it's hearing these stories. That's what I'm always saying is like, I want to build things based on community but community in a way where you see like oh shit I I'm not the only one because that's when I start talking about my depression and my panic attacks that's when I start talking about my grief that's when I start talking about my sensitivities that other people say oh shit like you look like you have your stuff together oh my god you mean that you have bad days what and so when we oh my god you mean you've also been through a similar experience too where like you yep. know, I'll never forget the the 20 phone calls I got with voicemail screaming at me, telling me that I was never going to amount to nothing, that I was a shitty person, you know, that my ex calling me when I, we had broken up and like, I went on a date and he was trying to like, basically like bombard me, threaten me, uh, right. all these things where it right. was like, how did I get to that point? But I think it's important. How to did say, I allow that? And then that's where, you know, but, the shame, yeah. shame can come in. However, you can also say, but that's all I knew at the time. That's right. the, I was doing the best that I could for what I knew about. And me. do you know how 
yeah, I know, you know, but you know how common like it is to hear like women or anyone, like not even just women, people like saying, oh my God, I've been through something similar. And I don't know about you, but it wasn't until like I was in my, my marriage, my loving relationship when we were dating that I realized, oh my God, that was abuse. I didn't, I didn't even, it didn't comprehend until like hmm, over 10 years later. Yeah. Well, this is 30 years later and I knew it was abuse, but then I look at relationships after that too. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was Mm. still definitely looking for love (laughs) in all the wrong places. You know, like, yep. Yep. There's a song based on that for, for a reason, right? We're all doing that. We're all looking for love. That's what I always say when I talk about it. I'm like, yep. Just looking for love in all the wrong places because I was just looking to see what is love. What is tenderness? What is affection? Mm. What is unconditional love? And I always say this and I'm going to cry again but it's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is okay. Co-host who is not here right now, Brittany, where are you? Brittany. Um, <laughs> you definitely came into my life to teach me what unconditional love is period. Because mm. I never knew it. I love that. Um, sorry. And that's I'm not, no, I'm not apologizing no for crying. I just, thank you. Thank you. Now I can't see um, you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's where some of this, it gets misconstrued, right? You, you can't be yeah. in a relationship and work on yourself. You have to be single to like, blah, blah, blah. No, actually some of the healing has to, I say have to lightly or not. I, I don't say that lightly. It's a, we have to have it come from ourselves, but that's where we get it misconstrued that we have to go through this journey on our own. It's through the community. Community can be one person. Community can be a hundred people. It's where you find your, your people that say like, I, I support you. I'm not going to run when you tell me that you are recognizing your abuse. I'm not going to, um, you know, to betray you for this you found it in your daughter I found it in my spouse I found it in my friends like we find it in wherever we can but it it matters is what we do with it and so right. you learned through it sounds like through that unconditional love with Brittany like oh my god like I have so much more to offer this world yeah and I have a hard time doing that I think Saying, we all do. I have so much more to offer to this world Tara, who invited you? <laughs> I don't even have a tissue. I'm just using my sleeve at this point. You know, That's whatever okay. resource we have, right? But That's I, okay. I, Release. I appreciate, we're talking about vulnerability, right? I appreciate you being vulnerable and like, how I'm feeling. Yeah. I yeah. know what, what a concept, but I think, right. This, but this is a good example. No one can see us, but they can hear us. Yeah. We are sharing this stuff. What it does is it opens up our, 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 our freaking lock we've put on our heart. It opens that up. It, it helps you to remain seen. It helps you and I to remain connected. Yeah. You know, Brene Brown, again, bringing it back to my girl, Brene, she talks about <laughs> shame, how shame has no place to grow if you let it outside of yourself. And so yeah. that's when, and it's scary as hell, right? It's never a fun thing to do, but I'm writing um, this down. Shame. I read the book. I just don't remember that quote. Yeah, shame, shame has, has no, no place, no to, place go. to grow or something along those lines. So don't quote me on quoting. Oh her. no, I'll <laughs> find the damn quote. Cause I open every episode with a quote that's, that's pertinent to the episode. So that's it. You well, there we go. Quoting. Ding, ding. I don't even <laughs> have to do any more work. Shame has no place to go. Thank you. Um, yeah. It's and so it's, true, it's, I, I, and I'm such an open book and I'm usually, I am I, I not usually, I always am fine talking about everything. I just don't always mm. get 
so caught up in the emotion of it because I keep thinking you're okay. You've got, not that it, I grief, like you said, it's all about grief and grief comes in waves. So sometimes I can tell you the story and be fine. And then other times I can tell you the story and, and I might be emotional and I don't want to be emotional. To, I don't want to make any, okay. All right. This is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it this way. I don't want okay. someone to feel bad because I'm crying. I want them to understand that it's okay to be sad and cry and let Same. things out. Same. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's okay. That's, I don't want, yeah. And I, I know it's their you. programming and their, their experiences. If they're uncomfortable with someone crying. But I also don't want to make someone. You know, what, you you bring up a good point because I've been sharing a lot of I'm so it's it's coming up on the year anniversary of my dad passing. Yes, and I have been sharing a lot about my grief only because I feel like I'm at a place where I can start to like really deconstruct it. And I, and I and know, I like, like you said, I, I feel like that one year anniversary for me for every loss that I've had, great loss like that has been so so much more. Um, hard so so hard so much more it's hard. I am totally not speaking I'm, well. so much harder than the actual time when the person has passed yeah. because I think we're in shock a bit then I, I later I'm always like oh well, I I feel it more for some reason so it's you know if we're talking about vulnerability like I'm not gonna lie I was up pretty late last night I didn't get a ton of sleep because I had just all these things that were flooding my brain. It's like, oh my God, at this Monday, December 5th of last year, I was doing this with dad. Yeah. Oh my God, at this time last year. Oh my God. Did he know he was sick at that time? Because a week and a half later, he went into the hospital. Like, you know, and so all of these things I'm replaying it. And it's like, no, like a year has not passed. That's impossible. Right. And like, oh my God, it feels like 20 years at the same time. But anyway, so I, what I was bringing this up for is, is I've been sharing a lot and I, I know people are like, Oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry. Like I'm sending you love. And I love that. I absolutely love that. And I appreciate it and I receive it. But the reason why I'm sharing it is not for that sympathy back. It's no. so people can, like you said, can yeah. see, Hey, it's okay to talk about this shit and I'm going to talk about it. And if it makes yeah. you feel uncomfortable, I hope that you can sit in it with me or you cannot. that's okay. But yeah. my goal is to my, what I've determined is my goal as a, as an educator, a teacher, a coach, whatever you want to call me is to take the things that are really uncomfortable and dark and shameful and make them as normal as fucking possible. I, I love that. Because until we do like, until we talk about grief more, it's still going to be weird until we talk about our panic attacks. It's still going to be weird until we yeah. talk about these things or share them with someone, one person, 20 people, me, I share them with 3000 people on my social media. Like it doesn't matter it, as long as we're connecting with someone and, and yeah. And to show people like, this is okay that you're experiencing this. And that's where I am always a proponent of, of creating that safe environment for my clients of saying like, like you, I'm a girl, I'm here with you. I'm getting tears in my eyes too. I'm not going to judge you for it. Oh no. no, I knew you wouldn't. And if someone does, then that issue is really theirs. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I just don't want and, people feel bad if I'm crying. I don't want them to feel bad. Oh, but at the same token, that's, you know, I, I, not, not to call you out, but like, I, I do this too. An element of that is codependent behavior. Yep. People feeling codependent, making sure everyone's okay. I know. Making sure. And that's a perfectionistic standpoint too. Yep. One of yep. the, th the reasons I'm able to wear shorts after never wearing shorts in my life was I realized I was like, I'm, I'm trying to make 
everyone else comfortable with my thighs? That's codependency. F this. And so I started wearing shorts and saying like, yeah, look at my jiggle or look away. Like, I don't, I don't care anymore because it's right. not my if you're responsibility uncomfortable to with maintain. my leg. Then what, then what about you? Are you uncomfortable about it? It's side? not my responsibility to maintain how you feel about a situation. <laughs> However, you know, it's not to say I'm void of any responsibility in a situation ever, but like looking at things like that, like, sorry, yeah. if you're uncomfortable with me crying, like that, that element of that is like, that's not really my responsibility. Is no, it right? Right. So that's hard to shift that perspective, but I say this and I share this because it's taken me, I am 42 years old. It's taken me, you know, 32 years of my life to like be able to come to this point. Yeah. And so I, I had a, uh, someone I was talking to a friend, I, you know, I was being a proponent for them in terms of therapy. I was like, I think you should go to therapy. You know, you're grieving this, you're doing this, blah, 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 blah. And this was a friend and the friend was like, well, you know, so what you're telling me that it's going to take 32 years for me to work this stuff out. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, but it's going, what I'm saying this is, is it's going to take time and to remove the notion that you have to speed your way through Yeah. to really start to understand it's all about baby steps. I tell my clients. I feel like it's, it's only worth it. If you uh, take your time, it's only worth yeah. it. If you slow down and take your time. Oh yeah. Oh, so therapeutic. Thanks. <laughs> we're, I know we're getting, we're covering a lot of stuff today. <laughs> I'm Eight. not paying you for Woo! this. It, this session is <laughs> not going to be paid. Uh, <laughs> this session is free of charge. It is my gift. And that is something I also do is, you know, when, when it's important, like when it comes down to possibly working with clients, um, if anyone's ever interested in working with me, I would say like, let's jump on a phone call. I don't want to work with someone who, um, I don't connect with, I don't want to work with someone who doesn't connect with me. Oh, I am not here yeah. to work with everybody. I no. jump on a phone call free of charge. Like, let's see if we jive yeah. like this. And then if we jive, <laughs> then we'll take it from there. Well, actually let's talk about that. So we're going to, I think that it, this is a great opportunity to take a break. I know that we did not go through your whole life story, but we did actually talk about a real lot of wonderful things that I think people can connect to and people can feel, um, community, like you said, and not uh, alone. Yeah. Um, after yeah. hearing, you know, us chatting, mm-hmm. are you comfortable after this quick break that we take coming back and actually sharing, <laughs> actually, sh- I'm laughing at myself, not, not us <laughs> and actually sharing. I'm just thinking what a bad podcast host. Cause I just was like listening to everything instead of like, directing just snorted. <laughs> Oh my God. So Coming back and talking about your business, actually what it yeah. is that you do and tell everyone how they can. I mean, I found you on TikTok um, and that's, that. you know, that's where I saw you first and foremost. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. gosh, I love this person. Um, <laughs> but will you tell everyone where they can co- connect with you, where they can follow you and then what you actually do if someone does hire you? And I know we talked about yeah. self-love empowerment coach. It speaks for itself. It's generic. But- you know, but, but it can be a little bit generic. Yeah. And we can get down to the nitty gritty of like, what yeah, just like, actually do. so if they hear you and they do connect with you, like, oh, yeah. this is what she does. I need that. That's for me. Yes. Is that okay? Yes. All right. I'd love we'll that. be back in just one second. If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook 
and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Thank you for coming back and joining us for this episode of Heal. We have Tara Harbert on. I said it. Remember, she is a self-love and empowerment coach. And I really wanted to dig deeper into what she does as a coach um, for a self-love and empowerment coach. Her business is called The Tender Hearted Healer. And I'm just dying to know about the kind of client, if there is a kind, I guess it's probably just someone who connects with you the type of client you would work with and what you would offer them. And then mm-hmm. shout out all of your um, social media website um, handles and all of that stuff too. So tell us a little yeah. bit about your programs and your um, yeah. So, so going back to, you know, kind of what I started doing in 2020 is I, when I graduated from my practitioner course, I was like, what the hell do I do with this? I don't, I, I wanted to see clients in person. Oh my God. I don't know. And <laughs> what started me kind of evoking on this, this journey of coaching was actually tarot. I knew that like tarot was always something interesting to me. And I mm-hmm. basically went through this program where I opened up myself, my portal, my intuition, my insight, all of that, and had like basically what felt like nothing to do with it. And so I picked up a tarot deck and was like, oh, I'm actually really good at like intuitively feeling into this. And so what I wanted to do was to gear tarot towards focusing on the self, because mm-hmm. a lot of people like think, oh, I'm going to come to tarot and you're going to tell me when I'm going to die and all this stuff. And blah, blah, blah. No, I don't do that. A tarot is the focus of my tarot. I say mm-hmm. mine because I'm different than other readers mm-hmm. is I wanted to come have clients come with questions that are geared towards the self. How can I improve? How can I, what information can I gather to help me make decisions? What can I do? Blah, 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 blah. And so what I was finding through a lot of these tarot sessions is people were coming with questions like, I need help making the decision. I need to do this. I I need to figure out this, blah, blah, blah. What the overall underlying theme of it was trust. Clients were basically not trusting themselves themselves. and not (laughs) loving themselves enough to make these decisions. And I realized- oh my gosh, like this is where the kind of my, my niche could be is realizing that I, you know, a lot of people suffer from perfectionism and people pleasing and how can I help navigate that? And so I opened up my practice with embodying the tarot, but also still embodying self-love and empowerment. And so I really help clients who mostly sensitive clients, right. Who are Mm -hmm. suffering with people pleasing and perfectionism and self-abandonment to really discover and embrace and nurture that heart centeredness. So they can become, you know, more deeply rooted in, in self-compassion and, and self-trust and self, um, self, a self-loving dialogue. So working with our mind and the tricks our mind plays on us to reroute that in a way that is not stripping yourself of all negativity, but is learning how to take something like, I hate myself and turn it into, I'm a person who is struggling and I'm doing my best to overcome this. And mm-hmm. which eventually will lead to, I am awesome. I love myself. You know, mm-hmm. that's the great, the great thing about mantras and and affirmations and crap like that is they're great but if you say them like I don't know about you but like I got to a point where I was like I am awesome I am awesome I am awesome I was like I don't believe a word that I'm saying what if I took that and just did a baby step up and said rather than say I am awesome say I am learning and growing and I am thankful for my evolution every single day, which then Mm -hmm. turned into, I am awesome. But if you ask me tomorrow that, I may not say I'm awesome. I may say I'm struggling and this. So it's finding ways to 
retrain our brain from years of narcissistic abuse, years of you know, childhood trauma, years of telling ourselves we're stupid and realizing like, actually, that's not the narrative I believe in. That's the narrative society has told me because I'm blonde or like, whatever, you know, just finding hey, different watch ways it. To... I know I'm blonde at heart too, girl. Well, I'm I not it. really blonde. I mean, blonde either but normally I do I'm normally I am blonde I usually Um, have purple underneath here too and it's kind of washed away I usually do (laughs) see that's why we get along we're blonde I and normally this is the side of my hair is all blonde so we're in the same I'll tell you you'll you'll see me someday online and that's what my hair is going to look like I can't wait let's do it well someday (laughs) so I I really want to be a proponent of clients in terms of their their grace their self-grace and i say grace meaning compassion consideration Mm -hmm. um acknowledgement and i really all of the all of the stuff that you give to everyone else meaning oh it's okay they're probably going through this it's okay that they were like that because of this i understand what they're going through give it all back to yourself because that's what we don't do like we will we will give everyone seven chances before we and then if we make one mistake it's what are you an idiot (laughs) well and that's what you know a lot of us who have been socialized as women that Mm -hmm. that's also what we've been taught you're you're a good girl if you're a you know proper person if you know be a good spouse be a good this be a good that but never be a good person to yourself mm-hmm. and and men struggle with that too that's not to say mm-hmm. that it, it doesn't go in in it's well we everyone. can only speak from our own experiences and right. our own experiences is growing up socialized as a female yeah yeah exactly and yeah. so learning how to be gentle with ourselves and, and take, you're right. Like take the words we say to our best friends and say them directly. And that's why I say with people, when they do tarot sessions with me, I'm like, look, this is consider this like information from a best friend. You can take it or you can leave it, but it's delivered with love. It's delivered with the intention of helping you grow and transform. Mm -hmm. So it's delivered with compassion. And that's the key word is compassion. How do we find compassion for ourselves? Because a lot of us who have been in abusive relationships, had narcissistic parents. We look for love outside of ourselves. So what if we actually took that, I'm pointing outside of myself. What if we took like my pointer (laughs) fingers and pointed them back towards my heart Mm -hmm. and our hearts and learn how to take care of a space and to humanize shit. That's, again, I, I go back to this and this is what I really, really work hard on with my clients. You are not weird for dot, dot, dot. You are not wrong for dot 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 you are not a bad person because you felt this you are not a bad person because you feel anger you're not a bad person because you feel guilt you're not a bad person because you feel hatred you are human in this world and let's create some grace around that and not only that but you're not a burden for sharing your like your you what you're going through right now because a lot of people like i'm sorry i have to to you know unload all of this on you it's like well it's it's only you're only unloading it on me if I choose to carry it and pick it up as my own. <laughs> you're not like yeah, I'm not gonna exactly. do that. So let it out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And that's a good boundary, right? That's recognizing what you need. And that's what I also work on with my clients is recognizing, okay, you may need that, but that John may not need that over there or yeah. Tracy may not need that over there. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It means you yeah. have different needs. Holy yeah. crap. Oh my God, what an epiphany. And so <laughs> I have, I really started with the tarot, which is an individual session, but then it evolved into group sessions. So group classes, meaning 
Um, I had a, a course called the Connected Consciousness, which I've actually placed on hold because I'm uh, transforming some of my practice and my teachings in next year with the um, basis level of loss and not loss in terms of losing people, loss in general. Yeah. Like what I said before, a lot of what I'm noticing about people and their suffering is that they're experiencing a great deal of loss and grief and hurt yeah. that they just can't come to terms with or recognize about themselves. And they think, oh, because no one died, like I'm just feeling sad. No, actually yep. what you're feeling is a great deal of like loss and shame and grief. And mm -hmm. so um, that's what I'm working on towards next year is creating kind of a group class where a group of us, like 10 people show up on a Zoom call like this mm -hmm. and we have basically ways to humanize our experience by hearing stories of other people. We have a way to journal or to meditate or to apply it somatically, but also take time to honor it within our lives because uh -huh. a lot of us are busy and don't know where to even start. Uh -huh. So I give my clients a place to start. Uh -huh. And I also give my clients accountability because I don't know about you, but when it comes to learning and he and healing and teaching, if I don't have someone checking in on me, I mm -hmm. lose interest real quick. I'm like squirrel. And like, well, especially if we don't put ourselves first. <laughs> yeah. Like here's a little reminder that you need to, you know, put yourself mm -hmm. first and what, how's that going? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. so I do that where in my group programs, I usually do that in terms of like a group a kind of a structured Slack channel where we have conversations off week and we talk about things that come up or, you know, clients, they always give clients access, access to me, meaning they have access to me outside of our traditional like sessions. Yes. Yeah. So I'm checking in with clients. I'm saying, how is that, that thing that we talked about last week? How are you doing in terms of working on that? So yeah. it's very lovingly giving people a place to feel heard and seen, but supported. Yes. I had a client recently say, she was like, I, the fact that I knew that you were there for me, even though we weren't even talking, was I enough. knew I had access. Yeah. 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 And it was yeah. like, it, that was enough to help her kind of feel like she wasn't alone. So I have, I, like I mentioned, I have a grief kind of loss course that I'm working on for early release next year, mm -hmm. um, where it will be, I'm looking at like six classes worth of time where we come together, we share about our loss and our grief, but I give clients applicable ways to kind of transform that and actually mm -hmm. humanize that. But mm -hmm. then I also have another group course, which is for my more advanced students who have been with me for maybe a while, or they've done some work on their own and they really want to deconstruct what it is to, um, to deconstruct the hatred they feel for their bodies to deconstruct yeah. what it is to not feel pleasure. Boy, that's a long process. I feel like it it's is. So, so many years of it, um, of, of reinforcing those beliefs. And now it's like, mm -hmm. Oh, how do we, how do we change that? <laughs> and I, I, mean, I, yeah, I'm always changing it through conversation. I tell my, my clients, like, this is a place where we just, we're talking about things, we're creating curiosity. And that's what I'm always a proponent for is creating curiosity. Mm -hmm. You can't, you can't work on shit if you don't know about it or if yep. you don't think about it. Yep. So, um, and then I also have my one-on-one -on -one clients where I, I have for those who are like, Hmm, I don't, I don't, I think I want something more focused. Mm -hmm. And those are for we come in with, with the goal to set intentions of what that client specifically wants. Mm -hmm. So if a client is like, I'm really struggling with this, I have them break it down. Okay. What does that mean? Let's dig mm -hmm. into that deeper. We've set a game plan together for what it is that they're really wanting to narrow in on. And then we just hit the ground running through conversations. That's and that's a, that's a, that's a, a five month process. So yeah. I don't, tarot is the only kind of light thing that I have where it's a one session everything else is a very time invested thing but it's not time invested in the way of like 
oh my god my whole life is dedicated to this it's a like you have an hour but guess of what? time your whole life should be dedicated to this this is you it's you it's your life we what? dedicate our lives to hating ourselves why don't we dedicate our, our lives to you know doing something Loving else ourselves. but i i also acknowledge that people have lives and it can feel yeah. overwhelming so it's yeah. an hour of time where you're taking strictly for yourself that involves no one else but you and so i i dive into it with the acknowledgement that we're human we have loss we have grief we have he- sadness we have hatred for ourselves and how to reconstruct that. And I always start with this, with a big kind of just, uh, um, what's the advisory warning advice, you know, advisory <laughs> to my clients. Yeah. You won't leave my program feeling like, oh my God, everything is fixed, but you will leave feeling like, oh my God, I have never acknowledged that I, um, I'm strong and yeah. I now see that I'm strong Yeah. and now I feel like I can tackle shit and tackle yeah. the world. Yeah. I love that. I love all of that. Thank you. It's I I love it too. And to yeah. be in a place where I am, oh now I'm getting emotional, where I can be <laughs> you said woohoo, yay. <laughs> where I can be an advocate for these people who come to me and to be respected enough to receive their tenderness yep. is like the greatest gift in the world. Yeah, I get it. I am, I am like so excited for that. Oh my God, yeah. I'm getting emotional. I'm sorry um, to get you emotional. No, but I didn't no do apology a thing. necessary. Yeah, but you I didn't, didn't do a thing. thing. You I'm just, just looked, sitting you here just looking pretty. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking pretty over here. But it's, it's really uh, such a beautiful thing. And I really value that and respect yeah. the hell out I think of it's really important that you are, you have this moment to be able to feel that. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important that you feel that right now. That's how I feel. Cause I feel like, I feel like I'm so lucky to have been chosen and, and so lucky to get to choose these people who are like, Tara, I'm ready to do this. Let's fucking go. Love and it. these clients who are ready to dive in. That's the thing. I want clients to be hungry for this. You got to show up hungry for this. If you're on the fence and you're like, I don't know if I want, no, no, it's not your time. I want you to show up and be like, I need, I I'm needing this change. I want to change this. And that's where I think like, that's when I, my discovery happened is I didn't know I needed it until I read that page in Brené Brown's book and said, Oh my God, I need that. I need that. That is a need that I have been neglecting all my life and I, it's time to change that. So you did. And now you're helping so many people to do the same. I, I love it. I think it's great. It. I'm so Thank glad you. that I found you somehow on TikTok. <laughs> so random, right? Like I, but that's the great thing about TikTok, you know, and that's yeah. where I've gotten to take my skills as being a performer. And yeah, I love it. And I love like, it. And I get to like do funny shit online and like, yeah, what, I mean, who could ask for anything more? So especially with your background in um, performing and all of that, it's perfect for you. It's perfect. And it. you're helping so many it. people. All right. Is there anything else you want to share about how lovely you are um, before I ask you any more questions? About how lovely I am. I just, no, I mean, I guess the the one thing I want to share is like, I understand. I understand. I've been there myself. I get it on a level that is so deeply personal to the point where I, I, you know, clients come to me and I'm like, oh. I was struggling with that just two years ago. I was struggling with that yesterday. And I will be honest with clients and say, like, I am not 
above you. I am maybe two steps ahead of you. And I'm just standing there with my arms open, asking you to like, come on this journey with me. Yep. Yeah. Pulling them up. So, yep. Pulling you up. Let's pull you I'm up. with you. I love that. So again, this is Tara Harbert. She is the tender hearted healer, which is also her business name. <laughs> um, her website is the same and I'll put everything mm-hmm. in the podcast notes. You can follow her on Instagram and TikTok like I do. It's the tender hearted healer on TikTok, which is all one word. Um, and I know I told you, you didn't have to spell it out, but I'm just going to tell them all, even though yeah. it's going to go in the podcast notes um, <laughs> and Instagram, it is the underscore tender. See, this gives my mouth enough time to form my R's. I love it. I love it. These underscores. I believe in you. <laughs> the underscore tender underscore hearted underscore healer. And that's the Instagram one. But again, you will be able to, I think you will be able to just click on those links in the podcast notes and bring you right, yeah. right to Tara. And, and be wary of all those Instagram copycats out there. Let me tell you, there's so many scammers out there. Have you had people like duplicate your profiles before? Well, that happened to me and I'm thinking I'm not uh, that popular. So why is this happening to me? But I guess they are messaging everyone in my list saying yep. uh, something about giving them a reading and hello, dear. And nope. I'm like, I don't, I don't talk like that. <laughs> I am letting everyone know right now, if you're listening, I, we will never nope. message you and ask you for a reading. We will never nope. say hello, grand rising. I absolutely won't say dear. I, I don't call anyone dear. Hi, dear. I, I say hello, love, or hi there. Or I okay. That's okay. Like you whatever. say what you say, man. I say, I say, Hey, I mean, I'm hey. just like a, Hey, blah, blah, blah. that's me. I'm not a hello, dear. <laughs> I'm not. I'm loving, but (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh. Yeah. You can find me on all those platforms. Awesome. Okay. Are you ready for my three questions that we usually ask? Well, we always ask everyone. Yes. Bring it. Have you ever watched the show? And I know you're going to say yes. And if you're not going to say yes, then I'm not going to be your friend anymore. Have you ever watched inside the actor's studio? Oh yeah. Of course. I figured you would. (laughs) Oh my God. If I had said no, it would have gone horribly wrong. Oh, oh, definitely. I'd be like, oh, she's a poser. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Um, so I, you know, I, I love that show. I I I really loved that show. And these are not those questions, but that's where I got the idea. So, um, when you are um, feeling most peaceful, what is it that you're doing? Resting, being still not expecting. And what book, if any, would you Mm. recommend like life-changing book? Well, I think I've already talked about it like 20 times over, but Daring Greatly changed my life. But I also love, um, oh gosh, uh, Sonia Renee Taylor's The Body is Not an Apology. (gasps) I Um, haven't read that one yet. Oh gosh, it's good. It's good. There's a line in it and I don't quote me on it, but it's Oh gosh, I'm, it's now, it's totally escaping my mind, but it's a line at the beginning of the book where she's talking with a friend who is paralyzed or not paralyzed, has a a handicap. Um, and it's, it, that part was very, very transformative anyway. And so that book is, is very helpful, but gosh, there's been so many. That's the other thing. I'm not much of a, um, advocate except for daring greatly. I'm, yeah. I'm team Brene Brown. I really that's okay. Am. You know, I did say one book and that's okay that you broke all the rules. I did. I rules F rules. <laughs> I only say that because whenever I ask that question, people are like, can I say like three? <laughs> I'm like fine. 
Oh, fine. I guess. I'm really fine with it. Um, okay, great. Thank you. One last question. Okay. Um, if money wasn't an object, what would you be doing? Exactly what I'm doing right now. Ah, well, that just means you're doing exactly what you should be doing. So exactly thank what you. I'm doing right now. Thank you yeah, so much. Thank you. thank you so much for answering my question when I said, do you want to be on my podcast? And really not knowing that much about it and just saying, okay, um, I appreciate <laughs> it. I appreciate you. Keep putting out that awesome work um, thank on you. social media because I'm I'm like one of your biggest fans out there. Um, so thank you I appreciate that thank you and thank you for taking the time to to do this work and to have these conversations you're advocating for a more peaceful and loving world and that's what the work that we're doing is just advocating for that so keep advocating keep keep doing what you're doing because that my friend is changing the world with with yeah with your voice with your time same to you thank you so much i appreciate that deal let's let's deal let's make a deal for life we're gonna do it friends now everybody (laughs) all right thank you so much again and everyone else who's listening um i'll be right back if you're in the mansfield massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga meditation great workshops and life coaching support check out mainstream coaching and wellness Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And here I am. I am back. Just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye.